welcome to a podcast for Redefined Sisters. We are a discipling community of women flourishing in faith and redefined by the gospel. Our deepest desire is to equip women to be deeply rooted in the word of God and live in community with one another. Welcome back to the Redefined Sisters podcast. To begin, we always have a fun question for you ladies. And today, what are your top favorite songs on the Redefined playlist, Jordan? That is a really good one. One of my favorite songs that's always going to be at the top of my list to sing in the drop-off line or the pickup line will probably be Graves Into Gardens. I love that song so much. Um, Peace Be Still is another really good one. Um, what I see might get loud. And as you find me, I think all of those are some really good carpool sing at the top of your lungs worship songs. I like the might get loud as well. I was trying to see if we had any same ones. (laughs) Yeah, it's a fun one. I, it kind of gets my, um, my little ones pumped up too. So it's a fun one to sing. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think for me, it would be Safe Place, Guardian God, Remember, New Stories, and Rest on Us. Those ones are good. Yeah, yeah. I I love listening to the um, playlist. It's always just so fun to worship. And you can actually sing these uh, at the top of your lungs in the shower, carpool line, or the grocery store, or if you're like me and Jordan, maybe when we're working on things for Redefined Sisters for a fun worship session. Well, welcome to our new series. This fall, we will be reading through the Bible together. We actually have a monthly reading calendar that helps you follow along with us in live studies to dig deeper in our Facebook discipleship community. We hope you'll head over there. And yes, we'll even cover those difficult chapters and passages Join us for a beautiful conversation over Judges 2. And just a confession, when I sat down to work on Judges 2, I was like, this is a pretty short passage. You know, to me, it was pretty short, but it literally took me two hours when I started digging into it. There's a lot here. And so I just want to encourage you ladies that really digging deep into scripture and exegeting a passage, it's going to take a lot of time. It may not be something you can wake up and do, grab some coffee before the kids wake up and try to finish. Um, You may just have to set aside a deeper time and space for studying your Bible. So pour a cup of coffee or tea, grab your journal and join us as we begin a new series. This is perfect for any woman. Listen along anytime, anywhere. I, Emily, will be your host, joined by my dear friend, Jordan. Hi, ladies. Welcome. She is also the co-founder of Redefined Sisters. We are thankful for you and your gracious support of this ministry and podcast. Thanks for tuning in. And just because it's November, we have a special gift. Use code SALTANDLIGHT. 10 all lowercase on our newly released crew neck sweatshirt just in time for cooler temperatures thank you for your gracious support our hope and prayer through this series is that you will see and behold 
the beauty of reading through scripture with us, but also be able to identify key themes seen throughout the Bible, creation, fall, redemption, and consummation, as they will be brought into focus for you in both the Old and New Testaments. We are actually reading from the CSB, the NASB, and my study Bible, the ESV. Before we dive into the episode, we want to provide you with more tips for studying your Bible. So this week, we're going to talk about application, and this is simply applying what you've learned from the text and practically living out these principles. And this is a 2023 resource from Bayou City Fellowship. Number one, is there something to worship or thank God for? Number two, is there a truth to believe or a promise to act upon? Number three, did something convict your heart that you need to change or begin doing? Number four, what exactly will you do differently this week to apply what you have learned? Number five, is there something or someone you can pray specifically for? Number six, and this is one I added, is there a relationship in need of reconciliation? Lastly, a couple of great resources from our last few episodes to familiarize yourself with is netbible.org and Blue Letter Bible. And that is Jordan's personal favorite. And I am adding a new one this week that I have really loved. And it's called BibleRef.com. And we will link this in the description box for you ladies. But here's what I love about it is you can look up, say you're looking up 1 Peter 4.1. It'll pull it up in different translations. In the right column, you'll have the context summary, the chapter context, and what does 1 Peter 4.1 mean? Um, and so it's just been very helpful because I like looking it up um, in each specific verse of that particular chapter. So in that regard, it's been very, very helpful. And now we are going to turn to Judges 2. But as we read, let's gain a deeper understanding on the context of Judges. And as you'll recall, some of the events in the book of Ruth happened during this period but likely were written down later. Um, the book of Judges was probably written between 1040 to 1020 BC, so that's before Christ. No author is named, but according to Jewish tradition, Samuel is the author. We don't know for sure, but we can speculate a little bit. I have fun doing that sometimes. The book of Judges gives readers a historical account, not in its entirety, or chronological order. The book is theologically informed as it describes the failure of God's people to live faithfully before him and to possess the promised land. So judges, the Hebrew for that is shafitim, which means judges, rulers, deliverers, or saviors. So they served as primarily military leaders appointed by God to deliver the people from their enemies. And I'm going to read in verses 16 through 17 there so you get a good understanding. Then the Lord raised up judges who delivered them from the hands of those who plundered them. Yet they did not listen to their judges, for they played the harlot after other gods and bowed themselves down to them. They turned aside quickly from the way in which their fathers had walked in obeying the commandments of the Lord. They did not do as their fathers. So we're talking about a whole nother generation that came after this one. They didn't know about the Lord. They, I mean, it was just completely different. Think about 
um, maybe some time had gone by and a whole other generation was raised up, but they didn't talk about God. They didn't teach the Ten Commandments. And so it's very important to understand that. So I'm going to read in verses one through two. We're going to walk through some of the verses in Judges 2. Verse one, now the angel of the Lord came up from Gilgal to Bochim, and he said, I have brought you out of Egypt and led you into a land which I have sworn to your fathers. And I said, I will never break my covenant with you. You shall make no covenant with the inhabitants of this land. You shall tear down their altars, but you have not obeyed me. What is this you have done? I'm going to read in verses 8 and 10. Then Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. If you actually remember when we were in the book of Joshua, Moses had died and Joshua was his successor. And so here we see that Joshua has died. And I think I was reading in like Deuteronomy 29 this morning, if I remember correctly, and it talked about where Moses was like, I'm about to die, but I know you're not going to follow the ways of the Lord. And even Joshua will teach what I have taught you, but you won't listen. And so it's very interesting. Like, you know, Moses knew that they weren't going to listen. They were going to be, uh, the Bible calls it stiff necked. So that's pretty important to, to our understanding. Verse 10, all that generation also were gathered to their fathers and there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord, nor yet the work which he had done for Israel. And so I think also in this passage, it's a call to remember what God has done for the people of Israel, where he has brought them. Because if you look back at verse one, it says out of Egypt. When you look back at verse 12, it says out of Egypt, out of the land of Egypt. And then verse 13 says, so they forsook the Lord and served Baal and the Ashtoreth. And before I continue on, I want to, my study Bible has some really good notes on this. So I'm going to read a portion of that to you. Baal, meaning Lord, master, owner, or husband, is the Canaanite name for Hadad, a Syrian god of storms and war. That diverse forms of this god were worshipped is implied by its plural. Ashtoreth, a fertility goddess, was Baal's consort. And we will link this article in the show notes, but I wanted to read just a little bit from it. I thought it was very interesting as I really dug into this passage. So Judges is the first place where Ash Taurus name is specifically mentioned, telling us a little except that she was a popular false goddess. So Judges mentions her name twice in nearly two verses. So when you look at Judges 2.13 and Judges 3.7, in both verses, Israel has turned away from worshiping God and worships the Bills and the Ashtoreth. 
So in these verses, um, the name refers to any and all female deities Israel turned to. From this, we can surmise that the worship of Ashtoreth herself was so common that she had become synonymous with all false gods' religion. So similar to how we would think of bandages um, by a well-known brand called Band-Aid. It's so common to us, we don't even think about it. That's how she had become. And so you can also look at this in 1 Samuel as, you know, 1 Samuel uses her name in this manner as well. And we learn about her in 1 and 2 Kings. In 1 Kings 11, King Solomon opens a temple for her in Jerusalem to appease one of his many foreign wives. So it's actually pretty dangerous. And so you can read in this article a little bit more, um, but we don't have time to go through all of that right here, but I'm going to jump over to verses 16 through 18, which we read at the beginning of this episode. Then the Lord raised up judges who delivered them from the hands of those who plundered them. Yet they did not listen to their judges, for they played the harlot after other gods and bowed themselves down to them. They turned aside quickly from the way in which their fathers had walked in obeying the commandments of the Lord, and they did not do as their fathers. Then the Lord raised up judges for them. The Lord was with the judge and delivered them from the hand of their enemies. So before the judges, the Lord actually kind of removed his protection from the people, right? And so the judges, you know, they provided protection um, for the people when they were facing their enemies. So verses 21 through 23, I also will no longer drive out before them any of the nations which Joshua left when he died, in order to test Israel by them, whether they will keep the way of the Lord to walk in it as their fathers did or not. So the Lord allowed these nations to remain, not driving them out quickly, and he did not give them into the hand of Joshua. So also when I was reading in Deuteronomy 29 this morning, um, it was really interesting because this generation, like the, the first generation, they actually came into the land of Canaan, the promised land, but Another generation rose up. They did not fear the Lord, did not follow him. And so he actually dispersed them into a new land. And so the promised land that God desired to give to his people, a land flowing with milk and honey, he actually removed them out of that because of their sin and idolatry. And so it's important to note. So our redefined definition Blessing is the abundant life offered to us in Christ, enriched by God the Father, and sustained through the power of the Spirit. The abundance offered to us is eternal life, a loving relationship that has saved and redeemed our broken lives. Our response is living in right relationship with God through a lifestyle of faith and obedience. And this is not easy, living a lifestyle of faith. Um, it takes disciplined work on our part um, to walk before the Lord in holiness and to be obedient to what he calls us to do. And so I want to read again in my study Bible. I thought it was really good. This is about feminine leadership. And it specifically highlights Deborah. 
And you'll see her name in the book of Judges as well. So uh, Deborah's purpose was to inspire Barak to toward obedient action, supporting and affirming his leadership. The text reveals that she merely accompanied Barak at his request, rebuking him for his unwillingness to act in faith in God's revelation. Like Deborah, you too can express your gifts and personality in harmony with God's design for femininity as helpers who are clothed with strength and honor. And I want to just read really quickly. This wasn't planned, <laughs> but I want to go to Genesis 2.18 and read Proverbs 31. Then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper corresponding to him. And then Proverbs 31, 25. Strength and honor are her clothing, and she can laugh at the time to come. I think I remember it saying um, in my study Bible that Deborah wasn't necessarily like a military leader, right? But she accompanied Barak and um, encouraged him in his endeavor as a military leader. So I wanted to point that out as well. So a question, um, this will be in the application, how can we live in right relationship with God this week um, based on what we've learned in Judges 2? So Jordan, if you want to cross-reference passages about, specifically about women in the Bible, that would be great and add to our understanding. Yeah, absolutely. So like we said earlier, this book was written within the same time as Ruth and we have covered Ruth. We absolutely love that book in the Bible. So first I would like to go to Genesis chapter 21 and we are going to take a look at Sarah. So Genesis chapter 21 verses one through seven, the Lord came to Sarah and he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age at the appointed time God had told him. Abraham named his son who was born to him, the one that Sarah bore to him, Isaac. When his son Isaac was eight days old, Abraham had circumcised him as God had commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Sarah said, God has made me laugh, and everyone who hears will laugh with me. She also said, who would have told Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have born a son for him in this old age. Next, we are going to turn to Ruth chapter 1, verses 16 through 17. But Ruth replied, don't plead with me to abandon you or to return and not follow you. For wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord punish me and do so severely. But if anything but death separates you and me. Next, we are going to turn to Esther. Chapter 8, verses 5 and 6. She said, If it pleases the king, and I have found favor with him, if the matter seems right to the king, and I am pleasing in his eyes, let a royal edict be written. Let it revoke the documents the scheming Haman, son of Hamathada Agadite, wrote to destroy the Jews who are 
in all the king's providences. For how could I bear to see the disaster that would come on my people? How could I bear to see the destruction of my relatives? We will be getting into Esther soon. This is another amazing book of such a strong woman. So be prepared for when we cover this one because there's a lot to unpack. We are going to turn to Luke next. Chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel came to her and said, greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. But she was deeply troubled by this statement, wondering what kind of greeting this could be. Then the angel told her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Mary asked the angel, How can this be, since I have not had sexual relations with a man? The angel replied to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Consider your relative Elizabeth. Even she has conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month for her who was called childless, for nothing will be impossible with God. See, I am the Lord's servant, said Mary. May it happen to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. And lastly, we are going to turn to Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. And while traveling, he entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary, who also sat at the Lord's feet and was listening to what he had said. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. And she came up and asked, Lord, why don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? So tell her to give me a hand. The Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has made the right choice and it will not be taken from her. And Emily, did you want to go over those application points? Yes, I will do that. What is your role in teaching the next generation to follow the Lord? Um, maybe take some time to think about this, think through this, but... Um, I want to read a little, my last little snippet um, from my notes in my study Bible. The new generation of Israelites did not know the Lord or obey his word. How tragic that the generation led by Joshua saw such miracles at the hand of God, yet failed to instill in their children a living faith. Every generation must develop a personal faith. Parents are responsible for teaching their children spiritual truths and encouraging them in spiritual growth. I think this is so, so important um, as parents. And we're, I think we can get discouraged in the mundane everyday moments um, of our kiddos needing a snack or um, taking them to and fro um, different places and just navigating the responsibilities of serving our children. Um, 
but the opportunity that we have to disciple the next generation, to follow the Lord, for them to be godly leaders, for them to be godly men and women is just an incredible task. And I think we take we sometimes, not all the time, but I think we do tend to take that for granted. We take that lightly. And so just wanting to encourage you in that, um, to not lose heart, to be discouraged. And number two, like Deborah, how can you use your gifts to serve others? And third, what sin do you need to confess to walk in holiness? Jesus is ready to receive you with open arms And we just want to say a huge thank you for joining us on this episode. We hope you will delight in God's word with us this fall. As we read through scripture together, a new episode will be released bi-weekly for you ladies. Enjoy a wonderful November in the Lord. Bye. Bye, ladies. listening. To continue the conversation with us, join our free membership community at www.facebook.com slash groups slash redefined sisters. We cannot wait to connect with you.